Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories. I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Nova Show Real Estate Records. My name is Tristan Hammett, and I am your host for today's episode. Today, we have a remarkable guest with us who's been making waves in the Utah real estate scene. Aki Durzan, a seasoned and highly successful realtor, is joining us today. Aki is not your ordinary real estate agent. He's a certified negotiation expert who brings a wealth of knowledge and expertise to the table. With a track record that speaks for itself, Aki specializes in a wide range of real estate areas that are pivotal in the Utah market. He has specialized experience in fix and flips, investment properties, new constructions, and first-time home buyers. Thank you for joining us, Aki. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> yes. Hopefully I can live up to that during this interview. <laughs> so um, real quick, I met Aki at, it's called the Salt Lake Realtor, right? Realtors. Yeah. And he had one of his listings was in the tour. And it's a really cool thing that the Salt Lake board does. And um, agents can put their listings on there. And then people just, there's an app and you track the homes and he had this really spectacular listing and he was just actually updating me about it uh today so but that's how i know Aki. yeah it was really good um thank you so much tristan for taking the time and and making this possible yes of course so uh tell me about yourself where are you from and how did how are you in utah okay so i was born in finland and um when i was about Two, th two or three years. I still really, it's all um, years old. We moved from there. Um, my mom and my dad separated. And then my mom moved to Utah. So that was, she went to BYU. And then she lived, we lived 10 years in Finland. And then she took all her, I'm the youngest of five. So she took all our family and moved out to Utah. And we just started a brand new life here. Wow. So and you're the youngest of five. I'm the youngest of five. Okay. And we basically started basically on the streets because we didn't really have anything else. And then, thank goodness, some people took us in. And then we started in, like, these small, tiny little condos. And then finally, I think when I was, like, six or seven years old, we finally were in a home. And oh. so it was really cool to see um, that progression and that movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure moving into a home felt really good and for it, a home for a, a big family with kids. I remember um, I, I remembered that there was uh, and I, I didn't think we were like it was like a, almost a mean word in our home. It was called the landlord. OK. And it was like, oh, no, the landlord's coming like it's something scary. Yeah. And I remember that feeling, like, I just remember that word. And I was like, oh, man, who's a landlord? Who is that? That's a horrible person. <laughs> now, me, myself, I'm like, geez, hopefully I'm not, hopefully I'm not that. <laughs> um, but it really helped me understand that what a relief when, okay, the landlord doesn't come. And it's actually my own. And I don't have to be worried about 
keeping up all this other stuff and making sure everything's perfect all the time. And so I do remember um, that uh, a leave, the, the, the leave that we felt when we moved into a home. Yeah. Even though I was like really young, I just remember another landlord not coming around and that things were less stressful. Yeah. In, in, in that sense. Okay. So. That's awesome. So then that was like your first little taste of real estate. And then so you're, you, and then you've been in Utah ever since? Yes. I, w- I was in California for two years, Bakersfield, okay. California. Probably wouldn't go back there, learn my, le- it's <laughs> hot, uh, dry. And so, but I was out there for two years. Okay. So. That's awesome. And then, so you're here in Utah. So Aki, I didn't even realize this when I first knew him, but in the hallway we were talking and um, he's a young successful guy he's I mean I don't know I don't want to like throw out your age but I mean I'm like wow you made top 500 last year and then I we've got to hear how you got into the real estate game because you are doing awesome and um as my intro said you're really into investing and I don't know a whole lot about investing so I really want to dive deep into it why why you love it so tell us about why and when you got started in that kind of first year? So um, when I was out in California, I was serving a mission and I had a companion and he'd listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad on tape. Oh. And we weren't supposed to do that. But since he was listening to it, I would just listen in and he'd fall asleep and he'd be snoring. And I would just sometimes stay up like half the night listening to this. And I would just, all these ideas would just be coming in. And I just decided, you know what? I don't want to work for time. I want I want time to work for me. I want money um, to make money. I don't want to be working. I don't want to think of, oh, I put in eight hours a day, and that eight hours equals $100. Okay. And I, I remember, so I actually, it, it, it all started, like, I graduated early from high school. Um, since I was going on a mission, I wanted to save up for that. And so I went in and I started working. I became assistant manager at a small little store in an airport. But I remember I didn't want to eat the airport food because that was an hour of work. And I remember how hard that hour was. I said, oh, my goodness, do I really want to waste $15 for this? And it actually wasn't an hour. It was probably an hour and a half back then um, for this burrito from Cafe Rio when I'd have to put in the hour of work. And I said, I don't know if that's worth it. And I remember on my mission when I heard these terms and the, these heard, um, I forgot his name. I'm really bad with uh, Jim Kiyosaki or something, something uh, Kiyosaki. I can't think of his Maybe name Maybe we, we won't but... sponsor him either. Without <laughs> <getting> this. <laughs> um, but Rich Dad Port, when I remember hearing those tapes, I said, I have this all wrong. And I said, I want to be in the future where I can spend time with my family and my money is making money and my time isn't equaling money. Yeah. And so sort of when that, um, once that thought hit my mind, I knew I didn't know what I wanted to do in real estate, but I knew I wanted to be in real estate because hearing him talk about that, hearing him mention that, it just clicked. And after that, I just became enthralled with investing. Okay. And I, uh, for me, like my brother, my brother, he's a, he does LPL. uh, He's in uh, Mountain America, but he does a lot of stocks. And I just never got that because if I was going to put 20,000, and I'm not saying they're bad or anything like that. It just didn't click for me. 
because if I was going to put $20,000, I wanted to see where that went. And I wanted to see what my ROI on that $20,000 would be. If I'm putting a $20,000 kitchen in, I need to make sure I sell that home sells $35,000 more to make it worth that $20,000 investment. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, we're jumping around a little bit, no. but got back from my, my mission and I started, I worked landscaping. I worked 60 hours a, a week and I went to school, started, I did a pathway program is what they call it. And I went to BYU-Idaho online, got my business degree in two years, um, sort of almost killed myself in the like no no social life nothing else just work just yeah just getting and it done school and just wanted to get done because I knew I knew I wanted to have a degree I knew the importance of education I I understood that um but I knew that if I was trying to build a business and trying to go to school and do all this other stuff something would have to break and so while I was doing that on top of that I was taking the real estate classes I wasn't like the star pupil either it took me eight months to study because I'd, I'd be mowing lawns or I'd be doing stuff, but yeah. I'd be listening to it. And finally I went in, I took my test, I passed, and then I had no clue what to do. And so I got into the real estate world, I got my license, and I had no idea like where to get started. Where to get started. And it actually came to, I was in a class, I took my CNE, Certified negoci Negotiation Expert. I think I had like my first transaction was actually a family member. Okay. My other family, they weren't keen on using me at the VA. Maybe they'll hear this. It's okay. They already know. <laughs> um, they just, I just wasn't experienced. I had no clue what I was doing. I was brand new. I, I don't blame them. I, I, I had no clue how to get from point A to point B in a real estate transaction. And it came to the point where I said, I need to study everything I know about real estate. So I started taking courses. I started taking certifications. I tried to find out and I started studying as much as I could into real estate. And then I started, um, I would take agents out to lunch and just ask them and just interview them, try to find as much as I could. The ones, and especially the ones where my offers weren't accepted. I said, why didn't you accept my offer? Like explain it, what was different? And because of that, I think a, a big thing of, for me is like knowledge is power. So if I can become the expert as far as negotiations, as far as, far as um, value, then I, I, I have so much more influence in this market. Yeah, I love that you went that that extra step for for yourself. And you know, thank you. Like thank you. that is something I haven't heard of. You know, but it's it's for for you and your knowledge and your your clients and your business to to go and ask why didn't you. Accept like, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just I just didn't know. I, I, I had to figure out why someone would want to use me. There's 20, and, and that, it was it was being of COVID. Well, I was probably a little bit before COVID started. And I sat back and I said, why do someone, why would someone want to use me? I don't know. Why like, would I want to work with me? Why would I want to work with me? Yeah. And I had to figure, I said, well, I have a college degree. I have this. I have this. I'm think I'm a good person to work with, think I have a good personality or so, but I, I said, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. I said, there's 20,000 agents out there. Why would anyone want to sign up with me? And I said, I have to be different. No one's going to want to work with someone that's the same person that walked through their door five minutes ago and is going to say the exact same listing presentation, is going to do the exact same things. Why would someone want to work with me? And I said, I'm not like... 
I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not the best looking or whatever person out there. So I said, I'm going to be the smartest real estate agent out there. I'm, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it myself. So I'm going to find out whatever I tell my clients to do. I've already wanted to have that done in my life. And so my wife and I, we started, we bought a small little town home. And then when we rented that out, what I noticed is my clientele were starting to become at the level of investor I was. So instead of working a lot, well, I work with first time home buyers, but I started working once I had a rental and I had that underneath my belt, I started and I was practicing what I preach. I started seeing that my clientele level as well changed. Okay. And, and the ability to help people or, or help people into their first home it, it was so much easier because then I did it. And then once I moved to my second home, I rented that out. It was a whole new, and I rented out the basement and then I had that secondary. And then I started seeing I have cash flow. Yeah. And I started feeling, I don't have a mortgage payment. This is nice. And I said, how can I get other people here? And once that was my goal and once that became my drive and your vision, yeah, your vision of like who you want to help. Exactly. Everything changed. So I guess like my, you know how they have the elevator saying and, and, and marketing. Yeah. Your elevator speech. My elevator speech would be, I help people achieve um, financial self-reliance through investing in real estate. I want people to be able to move like I did to have more time with my family, not work to the bone, not have to be out until 11 o'clock and have money actually working for you. Yeah. And we'll get more into that, but that's sort of my, that's been my real estate journey. And I was so surprised. I didn't even know, like, I heard about the Realtor 500. I got a notice in my email that I was apparently like one of the top 1% or whatever. And I was like, I didn't even know. I, I thought I was just working hard and I was just trying to help people get from, point A to point B because I figured it out. Wow. And once I figured it out, it just became so easy. And now we have our properties. We don't feel this mortgage payment. We have, we can, uh, we were talking in the hallway. You, if you want a nice car, you want, you want to have that stuff. You can have someone else pay for that and you can have that. Yeah. And it's possible to have your cake and eat it too. You just have to figure out how to get from point A to point B in, in, in real estate investing. And it sounds like it all starts with that first step. It does. And that's the hardest. That So when you went from your one home to buying the town home. Exactly. And I think I remember we went under contract and we had to put a chunk down. And I said, I don't even have money. I know I can't qualify. I know I'm not making enough for this. It was basically living on a prayer almost saying, shoot for this shoot for the stars, maybe hopefully fall down at the moon or, or so. And I was just, I was hoping that it would work, but I had no clue. But I remember once I, once I reserved that home, that was my goal. And I said, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to make it happen. My wife and I, we would eat beans and, and rice and, and this thing called picadillo in Spanish. It's like this little, I don't even know, meat soup or something like that. And we would, that was basically our staple food for two years and we would save probably 70, 60 to 70% of our income. We would live wow. um, as cheap as we could. We'd go to, we'd go to, I remember, we'd go to Village Inn and we'd get um, hot chocolate just so we could get pie on Wednesdays. Like oh that, that is the level, but 
that's the level of commitment sometimes needed, especially because we weren't making all this millions of dollars, making all this money. We weren't doing that. We but you were, had the desire, and it was like, this is what we have to do in order to, exactly. to get here. And, and making that, I mean, it really is. It's taking that first step, and that's what I help investors understand. Now I say, it looks scary. Even with this interest rate, how could you ever buy a home in this market? But I have clients doing that, and they have cash flow. And no one understands that, and no one gets that, but it's possible. It, it really is, but it really is taking that first step step forward and and reserving that home and then making it work. Okay. How can can I ask how many doors do you have? Um right now to we're building a triplex so that will probably probably be about 8. Wow. Okay. So you're you're almost at 8 doors. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And so that's just in like December, Is that in 3 years if I'm doing math correctly? Yes, that's in that's 3 in years. 3 years. That is so awesome. And that doesn't include the other thing that we were talking about of that Murray property yeah. that we're yeah. doing. And so um, it really is. It's Thank you so much. It's been a, a huge sacrifice. Like I, I've seen the amount of, that it takes, but that's why I tell people, I say, you don't have to be making millions and millions of dollars to own a lot of doors. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You can, if I did it, and this is sort of my my thing, I said, if I did it and I was a, I was immature. I was younger. I, I didn't really, I was in real estate, but I didn't really get the whole thing. If I was able to do it and I wasn't making as much money as you are, but I was willing to take that um, first step, then I know you guys can do it. Yeah. And I said, if I, if I can do it in, in our, in our small situation that we were in, um, I, I believe anyone can do it. It's just really putting your mind towards it and setting that goal and then making it happen. Don't go out to eat every other day if, yeah. if, you're, if you're eating out every other day cut it down and and budget and make it work because now you can once you don't have a mortgage payment once you don't feel that it's this huge relief where it's like we can go on that vacation you know what we can go out to eat we mm-hmm. can get the car that you want we can take this thing and now it's not as oh my goodness what am i going to do when my kids grow up when they go to college all the stuff it says i'll have homes They'll be paid for. That will be their college education. I don't need to have all these um, worrisome thoughts because my homes are going to be paid for. They're paying for themselves. They're bringing cash flow in. It's this, it's this beautiful, but I see the sacrifice and I know the sacrifice, and that's sort of why, um, why I can. I think I'm able to help a lot of people. Okay. So, so how do you? I know you originally, it was rich dad, poor dad. And um, what, are you reading other books? Are you, um, or do you go to the investing network groups? How are you staying educated and learning all about like house hacking and flipping and all of the other invest, investing opportunities out there in real estate? So I, I talk to people. I don't maybe go join the groups, but I know many of the people that are in charge of those groups or okay. teach in them and I'll go to lunch with them okay. and we'll sit down and we'll talk and we'll say what's working where one thing that I learned really quickly and this is probably why I've been I don't want to say super successful that sounds weird I think I've been uh, a good real estate consultant to people and help people's lives um, but why I've had the 
the success that I've had um, is because I've been able to, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was, I was trying to say, I wasn't, I was trying, yeah, I was trying no, to be more humble there. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've had the, the ability to work with other people. I learned that an agent shouldn't be competitive. We should be collaborative. Yes. We're all working together. Why do I? Why? So you're building, you're out there building relationships with the other agents. That's what it's all yeah. about. Why, yeah. why are we trying to compete? There's, there's so many homes out there. If you don't get it, go get another. It's, it's this, it's this, why am I competing? And I can say this. I, I have agents that have called me after transactions and have sold me homes off market because they love working with me. I have agents during the COVID market. I would win probably 95% of my homes. Wow. I, 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 there was, and it really was, it's because number one, I find these homes that these agents I knew I'd like to work with. We, we clicked and we had the same mindset. We weren't, Hey, we're trying to compete each other and beat each other. And that's why I like the real, it's awesome. But like, I think a lot of the people in the real Realtor 500 or the top agents, they have this, they know that they're not going to make it alone. They know that I'm not going to be a jerk. And even if you're mean to me in a transaction, I'm going to love you, man. I'm going to, I'll, 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 I'll love the heck out of you just because like, I know that I'm going to run into you again. Yeah. Probably. Hopefully, hopefully. Small Lake City. And, and I have a lot of times, it's super funny. I'll be, I'll be calling an agent or someone will, an agent will call me and I won't be able to answer and I'll click call you later. I'll look at my text to call them back and I'll have a, I'll have a history with them. And so I already know I'm, I'm at the point where I'm running into a lot of agents. We're all working together. And I have agents call me and they say, I have this off-market deal. I have this. I have this. And now I just became a huge asset now to my clients because I don't only have homes on the market. I have these off-market deals. I have these idea deals almost where agents are like, oh, we're working it out. But if we can get someone in yeah. and I bring my client to that home, it's not even if they have like, they don't even have a signed agreement, but we have that trust. We have that ability that we trust each other. We want the same thing to each other. They know I'm not trying to steal their listing or anything like that. And and it took a while to get there. But once I finally got there, it's been a huge relief. Okay. I want to talk about, um, I, if I heard you correctly, we kind of like quickly brushed on it. So I'm, um, how many transactions did you have your first year? Oh man, I don't know. I think it was like six. I don't know. Okay. Six or eight. I, I, okay. And then what about year two? Do you remember? Year two, I think it did jump up. Um, that was after I took my I took my C and E class at beginning of that okay. year. Any I, I don't know if I'm allowed to advertise that, but any agents out there who are listening, that is a huge um, benefit because negotiations and real estate they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't know how to negotiate, you're sort of you're not a good asset for your client. You're not gonna there. There's there's over 500 people for sure out there that have probably done that and have taken the time and, and learned that that are going to be better options for your clients. So if you're not that, I definitely recommend to be a certified negotiation expert and take the time to learn negotiations. And after that, sorry, I, 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 I jump a little bit, but um, after that, I think it went from six to probably... 18 so okay. three times as much wow and then the year i i got the real 500 i think it was like 40 40 
three or 45. Okay, yeah, that's the number. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That's... And some of these were even off market. So okay. some of these, I didn't even, I don't even realize because I'm not, I'm probably really bad at like this organization, the behind the scene administration. I have a assistant. We have a transaction coordinator. I have all these people taking on, on these behind the scenes because I just like going out there and creating connections and relationships. Yeah. And so I didn't even know it until my accountant sent me the final thing. And I said, oh, I guess I did do. Some of these aren't even on the MLS because we just did them completely, completely off market. Okay. And I said, all right. And and it's just been, um, yeah, it, I think it was 43, 44 transactions was the total amount. It was a really amazing year. And That's awesome because last year was is when things started to turn around and got a little harder. It did. It did. So I took the, I, I actually became an MCNE that year and I learned how to really connect with people in negotiations on an emotional basis. Not, not only like I'm trying to convince you with all these facts, let's, let's get this emotional, this ethos involved and not just use logos to try to convince you. And once it became that, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to advertise these classes or anything, but once I learned how to ne- negotiate and connect and make these relationships, um, getting these deals for my clients, getting 3% in closing costs on these deals and, and, and making the other people feel like the other person feel like a winner. Yeah. I just became a huge asset basically to my clients. And then I'll say this, probably 95% of my business is referral based. Okay. And it, um, something about what you said is like you're not trying to advertise these classes, but I think it goes to show that just getting these the extra education and the you're learning from other experts in the industry and things like that. Like why reinvent the wheel when people have already done this and it works? So I think staying up to date on education and learning as much as you can and being in rooms full of people that know more than you is so important. And the thing is surrounding I don't ever want to be the smartest person in a room. If I'm the smartest person in the room, yeah. I, I'm surrounded by the wrong people. And it doesn't mean like, hey, I'm, and I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room because I know that I can always learn something from someone. And using that mindset has been a huge, even in negotiations, mm-hmm. also letting that person think that they're the smartest. Like, not think, but like feel like they have that knowledge and justifying them in that it's huge. And so it's exactly as you said, if if you can get that education, if you can get that experience and not, I'm not advertising this classes, but if you really want to make a big difference, be that difference for your client and then do it yourself, put it to work, do your own transactions, have your rentals, have all this, and then go say to your client, Hey, you can do this too. And we'll lead you down. A lot of my clients have been repeat. I take a customer, they buy their first home, then they buy their investment, then they buy their third investment, then they're buying flips. Okay. So, and I want to talk about, you said you're 95% referral based. How do you get your clients and your SOI or people to refer to you? Like, do you, do you have them trained? Are you asking them, what are you doing in order to... I need to be a lot better. I don't even go, like, I go to closing, and I'm probably like, cracking jokes half. And it's probably, like, just to keep it light and neat and fun, I should be pulling out a card saying, hey, can you leave me a Google review or a Facebook review? It's a natural. I don't, I go, and I, I sit, like, this just barely happened. I, I was in my office, and I was just working on, I was 
probably writing up an offer, I think, at that point. And one of my clients that I just barely got under contract and got him all these closing costs, and he felt amazing, he just said, hey, my boss wants to buy a home as well. He saw that you could do this in this market. I was telling him. So it's been a natural, it's not like I have to go beg for business. It's just they know where to go. Yeah. And they want their friends to have that same experience. I think. And it sounds, yeah, it sounds like they, you've done such a great job in showing them how to build wealth and real estate that they're like, you know, and once somebody's in that process of buying a home anyways, I talked to another agent about this and it, then all of a sudden you start hearing about everyone talking about real estate, like, oh, you're buying a home, like, you know, and it like raises the raz, right? Because it's like. Now you, you're in the real estate transaction and everyone's talking about real estate. And so it's like, hey, if you need someone, like. Exactly. And yeah. the fun thing is it's just like, it, it's it's now become not like a game when I go into negotiation, but it's become fun. It's not become stressful. I usually come in and I say, there's six other offers and I have like, I know I'm probably going to win this. And I it's not like being cocky or anything like that. When I call my client, I say, hey, there's six other offers, but. I think we have a good shot. This is, I've talked with the agent. We've, we've had a probably 20 minute conversation on the phone. I, I, I'll, I'll talk to you about your family. I just try to figure out everything I can so that I know how to connect with you. And once I can build that connection, I know you're probably going to show that offer. I don't have to appeal as much to your client as I have to appeal to you because you're the one connecting with your client on that emotional basis. Mm -hmm. Not only that logos, that ethos, and you're connecting with them on that, and you're trying, and you're going to be presenting the offer. And if I've had that connection with you, my offer is going to have a star on it. Yeah. It, 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 it just happens. And so, I mean, I'm not giving any secrets away or anything. It's just the ability to be able to connect with agents and show them that I can get this done. And really, I don't need to be the highest offer. I don't need to do this. And yes, I'm going to ask for all the closing costs I can for my client and protect them everything. But if I can convince you, not only by, my, it doesn't even need to be that I'm the highest or the best. That's why logos isn't even the most important. This, this logical isn't even the most important. If you can tell your client, hey, this is going to close. And that's what every agent, when I've won, they've been, they've said, hey, this is going to close. Trust me on this. That's even what they've told their clients. And then it closes and we're all really happy but they know I'm going to make it work. Mm -hmm. And they know when the appraisal goes low, I'm going to find out how to make that work. And I've had that. We'll go. We can yeah, talk I was a little just going to say, can we talk that. about this? Well, we'll talk about <laughs> that. But they know that, hey, he's in my corner. And, hey, he wants my seller to win. Even if he's not the highest, even if he's not the best offer, he is in my corner. We are working together. We're not competing on this transaction. I just hate the fact that we're like, trying to battle back and forth. I tell agents, I say, if you want to battle me, go accept the other offer. I want your seller to win. We need my buyer to win, but I want your seller to win also. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's our goal here. And so, Oh, you're a good, you're a good guy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the, uh, the appraisals. Cause we were touched, we were talking okay. about this in the hallway and I find this very interesting cause I'm not familiar at all with, with yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. Not a lot of, there are probably eight agents in the state of Utah, or at least in the MLS that I could see that have that appraisal certification. And I remember it was for a transaction 
and I had one appraiser, and this was during COVID, and we already competed, and we already were over 20000 over asking price, and we already did all this, and the appraisal was guaranteed, but I wasn't going to have my client bring that more money. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wasn't, even though we did the guarantee, I was going to fight that appraisal with everything I had. And the appraisal came in 80000 low. Oh and I said... My. Hold the phone here. What what it, what are they doing? And I was so confused. And I now now I know like after taking the classes and, and doing it myself, now I know like an appraiser mindset. But we ordered another one and it came ten thousand higher than my offer. So I said, Where is this discrepancy? I said, How is there a ninety thousand dollar discrepancy between it? And I said, I I, I took a step back and I said, if I want to be the best asset for my client, I want to be in their corner. They want to know that I'm going to fight and make this deal happen. And I thought, and I said, even if they want the home and they're willing to pay for it and they, they have the cash and they work so hard and they want to make this happen, their opinion on the price and my opinion on the price and even the seller's opinion on the price doesn't matter. It's the person who's financing 95% of that home, 80, 80%. Unless they have cash, then it doesn't matter. But the majority of people that I've worked with, the majority of people out there don't just have four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars cash. They can just throw out yeah. and they say whatever. And so they it, it doesn't matter how much we want this, how much both seller and buyer and everyone wants to work together and make this happen. There is one person out there that can make the whole deal fall apart. And I said, I need to learn everything. Once I finally got the real estate transaction, I read and I understand the reps and I, I understood the negotiations there. I said, I want to eliminate problems in the transaction. I want my negotiations to be upfront. I already have seen the home and I've done so many flips, not that I'm a general contractor or anything, but I'm not going to get my home, my client into a home that's falling apart. And I yeah. already know that. And so my due diligence is a breeze. Well, the one problem I was having was appraisals coming in and it's opinion of value. So how do I fight that? Yeah. So I said, I have to become an appraiser. <laughs> That's the only way. That is, the that, only is, way this that is the only way this is going to work. And I know that sounds crazy. And I was like, and my wife was like, why? You don't even have time to do this. What are you thinking? And I said, I'm just so sick and tired of, of all of us being so invested in, and spending so much time. 20 days or, or 15 days in, we get a notice and it it's just the deal almost falls apart. And then I have to go back to the negotiation board that I already spent all this time and I have to say, let's talk about this. How are we going to make this work? And I have this really, it, I don't know how much more time we have, but I have this really cool experience just barely. We're in this right now where the appraisal came back low and I called my mentor who's my, who's, and I'm not going to say his name so we're not allowed to advertise either. But if he's listening to this, he knows who he is. And I called him up. I was in Mexico and I said, hey, I need your help with this. And we both worked together. We found comps. We found out that the appraiser was just barely licensed. And we basically submitted all of that, all our evidence. And I got a call back when I got back from Mexico. And they said, hey, everything's good. And this, is, this isn't the first time it's happened, but it was just like, I know now that I, I can be in my client's corner for every single step of the transaction. And it's so good that even though because of how the tra the appraisal was and that it changed, our loan got audited as well, like three days before closing. Oh. And the and th we're, we're, we're going to close it on Monday. But 
literally the client, the the, the appraiser, not the, sorry, the seller's agent, he had that trust with me that I said, hey, this is what happened. I need an extension for a week. And it was like done. And I know that everyone wanted to close. I said, we all wanted this to happen. But it wasn't like my earnest money was already hard. I was already, I was freaking out. But I had, I, I knew that I had that connection. He saw that I, I made it work when the appraisal came low. He saw that I, I went the extra mile and I did all this. And he, if he's listening, he'll probably listen to this as well. He, he can trust. There's this trust there that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to go and, and show with numbers or anything. He can go to his client and they already have that emotional connection. They already have that trust. It just works. Yeah. And that's why, like, yes, negotiate numbers, all that is so important. The bottom line is trust. Uh, yeah. Can you be your own appraiser? You on? can't. So that's why. But, but so really, this is just about knowledge. It's like having that extra knowledge. Again. I call it my indentured servitude is yeah. what I do right now <laughs> because it's a thousand hours of just really no pay, nothing, nothing much but knowledge. And, okay, where is he deducting? How is he doing that? Okay, and what I do with my own homes now is I don't go, but I have my mentor go out there who's been doing this for 30 years, and he'll go and appraise my homes. So now that appraiser has to go in and see his own another person's opinion and value and their justifications and then try to justify off of that. And we're not trying to trick the banks or anything like that. We're just showing you why our value is what it is mm-hmm. and why it is justified. And this, uh, the mentor that I chose, he has five, he's really big. He probably does um, one of the, one of the biggest appraiser companies in Utah. And you can say his name. Oh, Rick Silva, Okay, Rick Silva. And he, um, what I love about him is he's trying to get the value if he can prove it. And it's funny because I'll call him up and we'll go see a property. And I'll, before I even put in my offer, I'll, I'll, I'll talk with him. And he's like, there's no way I'm, I'm able to justify that. Tell that agent that it's way overpriced and it's not. And then sometimes the agent doesn't believe me. And I look at two weeks later and they drop the price down to what I told them. But he's good because he's trying to justify it. We're trying to get this deal to work. And I wanted to finally find an appraiser that wasn't trying to burn the deal down to the ground and so focused on, I'm going to protect the bank, I'm going to protect underwriters, all that. He was actually wanting to make this work. And so once I got with him, he showed me how, what I can do now, because I do investments, I do fix and flips, and I help investors do the same, what we can do and where we need to spend our money in order to not only get the client, the, 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 the first person to say, oh, wow, this home is great but also get that secondary person behind them that's backing all their financing that's really the most important in all of it. It's, it's sad, but it, it is. Yeah. That's really the most important to say, hey, there's value there. And once that happened, wow, this is, it's just changed my. Oh, for sure. It, and, and I'm just, I, I, I have, even though the market is, man, the market, we won't, we won't talk about that. We'll keep this to a yeah. happy, happy fun um, conversation. But the market right now, it is scary. It's scary for a lot of agents. I'm optimistic that I'll have a lot of business still because I've taken those steps. And I've made sure when I talk, like when I go into my negotiations or I talk with agents, I say, I have that appraiser experience. I have a mentor who's done this for 30 years, who's done over 10,000 appraisers, appraisals, or at least uh, made sure that 10,000 appraisals are correct. And I said, we have that experience. So 
we already know your home's in great condition. I already looked on that when I first went to go show it. I turned on your water. I do. I, it's probably weird. When I go show a home, I, the first thing I go down is I go right to the basement. I go look at the water heater and I go look at the HVAC unit. Okay. And it's probably the weirdest thing. I'll, I'll have my, we'll go in and then we'll go straight down to the basement. Everyone's like, what? What kind of agent does that? But I know the deal's probably going to be a little bumpy if I have to negotiate for a brand new furnace. Yeah. All the way up front. And I can look right at it and it says right there, the age, there's nothing wrong. And I can go to my client and say, hey, this thing says right here, I'm not becoming a contractor. I'm not becoming an inspector. I can't do that. But I can open up my eyes and I can say, hey, look, this thing is old or your water heater is about to die. Well, let, let's, let's compare it to the other homes that we saw. Yeah. Maybe this isn't. So I don't want to. I can avoid all that. And granted, going in then, I can say, hey, this is the exact age. We don't even need to. It says it right there. It's not this big mystery or anything. Yeah. I don't need to go to inspection and tell you that you need a wa new water heater. I go up front to the agent and I say, if you didn't know this, this is what it is. And I said, I'm negotiating up front in this. Or this is why I'm asking 3% closing costs. I already have someone way cheaper and can do a great job that's going to replace it than your client can have. So how about you just help my client get this loan and we just work this out and we'll get them brand new furnace. Okay. okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Where yeah. you can where you can work that, but it really comes down to knowledge. It comes down, maybe I am the weirdest realtor because who goes down and looks at the mach machine room the first first thing going into home? Well, but I think it's smart. It's like right up front, you'll know, like, okay, exactly. if my clients really love this home. Exactly. Then this is where we stand with this, and this I have this for negotiations and things like that. So I think it's brilliant because... I mean, I couldn't tell you what an appraiser does. I mean, I know they appraise homes, but I don't know what that entails, yeah. right? Like you said, an opinion to value. An it's, opinion. It's, it's an opinion to value, basically. Yeah. But appraisers, so they also have to check. Um, comps, right? They have to check comps. And then they also have to check whether or not these systems are older or newer. So that also has helped. But I've been through so many inspections in my time of being a real estate agent that I know exactly like, I know the inspection report from front to back and it's not these big surprises. And if I can eliminate that surprise and then eliminate that appraisal surprise, all I have to do is just negotiate on the front end and then we just go in and we have a happy closing. And it's not this big, huge, this, this whole thing where clients go into it, they say, oh, I need to go buy a home. Well, they have so many other things on their minds and this whole entire problem becomes so big and it's just, now it became really simple, really easy, and I tell them up front, this is why I can get you to from point A to point B. And then now I have like rental experience and I know and I can I can give them all that guidance along um, with that because I've been a property manager, I have that experience. And so it's really, whenever a client wants to sell a home or buy a home, what I've seen is they come out with, they come in my office and they have this, this huge problem. It looks like a whole, um, I don't know, even math terms or whatever, but polynomial or something like that. I'm not a great math expert. <laughs> Algebraic, just a giant problem. And it's just coming in and having them sit down and breaking that down piece by piece and turning into a simple solution. Mm -hmm. And since I've been able to do that, and now with the appraiser, now with the um, my flip experience, all this other stuff, it's just really just simplifying it for my client. And then we just, it's really simple. And it becomes really fun. Granted, there are setbacks, there's stuff with loans, yeah, all that. Absolutely. And the other thing, my wife's a loan officer. She's been doing that for seven years. So I, I've heard these terms and stuff like that. So I know 
not a loan officer and don't want to do that. Um, but I you love also have officer, that knowledge now. But I have that. And yeah. I know when I talk to someone, I don't even have to send them over because I can say, how long have you worked? How much have you done this? Okay, well, let's let's maybe do this before we go talk to someone. Or let's, and I'm not trying to give them loan advice or anything. It's just general knowledge that, hey, if you haven't worked two years, let's wait a little bit. And while we wait a little bit, let's make sure, let's pull your credit. Let's see what we yeah, can do sure to get it good. up. Yeah. Okay. And so it's not like, let's get your hopes up or anything like that. Let's, let's, oh yeah, let's send you over. I always have a talk to my client. I always have them come in before I even send them over to the loan. And I say, let's talk about where, what your goal is and let's see where you're at. And I don't need to get all this personal information. I just get how long have they worked? What's the work history, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, I just basically took out another problem out of this and, and make our whole lives easier. And so I don't know. I just think Everyone thinks that this real estate, I, I, I feel this, and especially first-time home buyers or, or even investors, they feel it's just this huge um, problem that they have, and they have to work their point. All of this stuff and points, 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 and just clearing that all up and making it such, such simpler and, and simplifying everything. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, well, gosh, Aki, I could talk to you all day, but we're running out of time here. Um, I want to ask... Real quick, what does the future look like for you and your business, your family? Or that's uh, so. I I did get my I'm associate broker now. Okay. Of, of my company, of of the, of the company that I work with, and um, I would like in the future to become principal broker in the future down the line. I I really just want to build a good team and then train agents to do the exact same thing. Um. Now, I don't have all the time in the world, so I'm really picky with who I choose, but also taking people that are honest, have integrity, um, build that trust with the clients or doing things right and help getting them to that point where they can simply. And I've had clients now, now my agents on my team, they call me and they say, this happened, help me through it. And that's sort of where um, it's not, it's really nice because when agents want to come work with me, it's not like, hey, why do I have to pay you part of my commission or blah, blah, blah for this. I say, I'm not like begging you to come work with me. This is what I can offer you. But I am really picky with who I work with because I don't want to deal with headaches. I don't want to deal with lawsuits. I don't want to deal with yeah. all that. You just need to be upfront and honest. And and if you can just simplify it for people, it can be so much easier. And a lot of agents, they don't get that. They go in and they create this People have this and they have all these questions and everything and then they come out and they leave with more. And and it really doesn't, and maybe that, maybe I'm just sometimes jump all over the place, but at the end I make sure that they, the questions that they had are answered. They're good. They know that, um, they know that they have a trust, trustworthy advisor who's in their corner, who's going to get them from point A to point B in this transaction and then get them from point A to point B in their life in their financial life, help them get to the point where I have a client. He's probably my, we're, we're meeting up on lunch on Monday. He's probably my golden example. We took a single family. We made it into a fourplex. He has 5,000 cash flow on that. Wow. Um, so we've been working together. He now has $10,000 cash flow since we've, since we like Original. talked and, and worked with him and everything like that. And he, he calls me all the time. We're like best friends because he now can go to Paris and he can do all this that and is he so can, cool. and I'm not even in that part. Like that, that's awesome. 
Um, I celebrate that. I am so happy for him. And he's like the golden example, sort of like the teacher's pet or whatever, however you could say it. Uh, he'll probably listen to this as well and be like, oh, great. But it's really, he put in the work, he put in the time, he made the sacrifice, he took all his life savings, took the risk. all his savings, and he put it into this building. And now he's finally seeing, oh my goodness. And he can tell his wife, let's go to Paris, let's go to Europe. I'm making $10,000 a month. I can still work. But I could take $5,000 of that now and let's go on a trip. Why not? Yeah. And I mean, we can, I, I, I'm sorry, we didn't really get too much into investing, but really the, the biggest thing I can say, and maybe I'm taking a question from you, um, Tristan, but it's, it's really finding out how to maximize ROI. And I've been able to do that because in all real estate investing, there's, there's a, a, a a first party and a second party and making sure that whatever you do to a home or, or however you change a home or whatever you do in, in that to, to help that first party or second party, you're changing your value when you first got it. However, however you do it, usually that, that would involve an appraiser. If that's a renter, you have to make sure, okay, I'm not going to go spend all this money on cabinets. I'm going to make sure that, I know where to put my money because a lot of people, they have the ability to do this and I've worked with them, but they have had nightmares because they've spent too much or they haven't allocated their capital how they need it to. And so it's really just, and we could go on for days about how to invest and I could show you my spreadsheets. It's nothing fancy or anything, but it does the job. Yeah. And it basically shows, it really does. It shows how to, the point A to point B, how to make sure that what you need to do um, to make sure that first party um, gets the return on investment from second party. And however that is, if that's rental income, if that's um, selling it, if that's seller, however, however you do that. Um, and this is why my first, before I even meet, before I even start looking at homes with it, I don't care what your name is, how many businesses, how many homes you do. We meet in my office and we'll have an hour and a half discussion and we'll go, it's a deep discussion it's a deep dive. of where you're at. I don't care if you have, I've worked with clients that have millions, 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 a lot more money than I could, you or I could probably ever dream of. And, and I've worked with people that have had zero dollars, but have had people that are crazy enough or trust them enough to just lend them all their money. Right. And and they've been able to make money off of other people's money and still make it work. But it's really allocating your money and how you can do that to bring a return on investment. And every single part of investing is making sure that you're securing your ROI. However, however, if I'm gonna, like I told you at the beginning, if I'm gonna buy a $20,000 kitchen, I better have that kitchen bring me 30,000 at the very end, or I'm not gonna pay $20,000. I'm not gonna put a $20,000 kitchen in a certain area that's not gonna make it 30,000. Okay. And and that's, the, that's a simple analogy to a whole bigger problem that investors deal with on the daily basis. And, and the other thing, and this is why I've had a lot of success, I haven't ever lost in any flips or investments or anything like that. You always win on the buy. You don't win when you sell. You don't have control. You're not the, you're usually in the hands, other than COVID, that was a, that was a general exception. Yeah. That was, let's just all make a bunch of money. 
Um, and, and everyone, there's just so much money floating around, but you win on that negotiation up front. You win on getting that home at the value. You don't win at hoping on a prayer or, and trying to say, oh, I hope it's going to sell. You win on making sure that you get it at the right price. So your ROI is correct when you sell. That is great advice. That's, that's the best advice I could give to any investor. If they want to come talk to me, it's a whole lot. Okay. In depth, but it needs to be that because it, it's you're you're taking people there. Everyone has such different circumstances. You have the worker. You have the person retired. You have you have the person in between. You have family. You have all this other stuff. You have people getting loans. You have people having their friends paying you. It's so there's there's and what I really do is I find the beginning user. Because I know who the end user is usually. And so I say, I need to find out who, because a lot of people come, they have all this money. And then we have that conversation. And then I have to go talk to two or three other people to make sure that they can actually do this. And yes, it's time consuming. But that's why I think I've become a really good success or whatever, because I take that time. And I make sure that they know that I care about their investment as much. And then I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. I invest probably 20 to 30% of my commission up front on any listing. Wow. Okay. Because I want my client, and that's when I say, hey, I'm not going to list it for less than 6%, but I'm already investing almost like a half a percent up front in years, like staging, photos, cleaning, um, contract, whatever we need to do to make sure that it sells, we'll do it. And I mean, sometimes they stay on the market longer just because. Uh, but usually if a home's done right, if if we have it pre-appraised, if everything looks good in the inspection, everything's ready, it usually is under contract in the first two weeks easily. doesn't matter whichever price range. It's you have a good product, you know what to do, and I'm already investing my own money into you. Okay. I have just as much of importance to sell your home it's a similar, similar importance to sell your home as you do because I'm. I know that I'm going to get my return on you. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's I know that not, no, not to it be makes in sense, a bad though. way, but that's really. I know a lot. It of makes sense. The agents that are probably in that 500, whatever, realtor 500, whatever. The majority of them do that, and if you want to get to that point, or you want to be a top producing or or whatever they say. I'm not really, don't really know the terms. Top producing agent. Top producing okay, or Aki. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, you need to invest um, into these people. Yes. And and it's either time or, or however you do it. And, and this is why it's just become so fun because I'm now investing my time into other people's future because I already invested my time into mine and now Money's making money for me. And now it's time to help other pe- people have not time equal money, but money equal money for them. And yes, it takes some of my time, but it's, I don't do this for the commission anymore. I don't, yeah, great. It, it's good. It's, it's not, I'm not saying that I don't want to work or I'm not going right. to lower because I know my worth, but it becomes fun and it becomes a joy to see people's lives, their financial lives. And that trickles down into their own relationships, their family relationships, this, this stress, see their lives change completely. And that's why referrals, they're not something I have to go beg or knock down the door yeah. and I, I should do this better. I should get more reviews or whatever or, or, or ask people. 
but I just don't. I just talk with them at closing instead of saying, "Hey, can you review me here or whatever?" Yeah. And and then two weeks later, I get a call, or I have one that will call me probably every other week, and he'll have a friend, and we'll just we'll talk on the phone for thirty minutes, and I'll say maybe he needs a little bit more time. Let's do it next year. But it hasn't been this whole. I'm gonna knock on the doors. I'm gonna beg you, whatever. It's really been do a good job, build that trust, and that's gonna take the rest. Of, it's it's and then make sure that you're. I know why I'd work with me now. Yeah. Going bring this whole back circle. Yeah. I found out why, and because I found that why, I don't have to like beg people on their doorstep to list with me, or I don't have to do that if they don't want. And usually, and I don't, I'm not trying to be cocky about this, I'll leave with a signed contract. Or, I'll, or they'll come in and I'll have that signed or, or whatever. I'll get really what I came in for. But it's not. It's because I cared more about them than I did about me okay. and m- my situation or whatever. I spent the time with them. I listened to them. And, and that's what made the difference. I, I maybe maybe the other agent was offering they could sell their home for one point five or whatever. That didn't matter at the end. Yeah. I, I I I had them see the full picture and now they understood how they could from point A to point B and do this. And I understood I helped them realize why I I'm their best option. Because I understood it myself and I put that work and I sacrificed and I, I did all these things. So now I know I, I'd work with me. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've made plenty. I can't tell you. Probably my greatest thing is all the mistakes I've made to get me to where I am and help people avoid those same things. Yeah. You're learning through your experiences exactly. as you go. Exactly. Every single day. I love, I love when I mess up because that's an opportunity. I don't learn as much from my successes. I learned a lot more when I say, oh, my goodness, how do I get out of this problem? Yeah. So. I love that. Well, we're going to conclude today's episode. Where can people follow you and ask more questions about investing? Perfect. Um, Akiders on Real Estate is my Instagram. And then Akiders on Innova Realty is my Facebook. But yeah. yeah, that's basically, I'd love to talk with you if you guys are looking to make your life easier through real estate and be financially free and have that self-reliance through um investing and through knowing where to move that hard-earned money around so it can finally free you instead of just holding in a savings and and holding tight onto it actually letting it work for you not burying your talent as you could say okay so all right well thank you so much aki i we learned a lot today And you had some really great information to share, um, not only with the public, but for agents and um, anybody that's looking to learn more about investing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tristan. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate, failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.